Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Studios, the Ausbiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Welcome to the COB. It is the 23rd of November. It is a Monday afternoon, and we're very pleased to be here with you. We being myself, Nadine Blaney. I just spoke on your behalf, Scuddy. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. You can do the podcast by yourself. I'll, no. I'll go now. See you later, guys. No, no, no. Okay. So, um, look, a pretty solid session for the local market. I feel a bit bad because in our last little piece on air, we were sort of poo-pooing the fact that it didn't do much after lunch. But, boy, we might be expecting a lot out of this little market. Uh, maybe. But the, the chart looked like you know, it was a long lunch for the uh, for the market <laughs> just in general today. So, I uh, had a nice little pop at the open. Uh, no, that was mirroring what we saw in futures. And uh, after uh, midday, it basically just stalled. But uh, as you said, we can't go and discount another game. So it looks like we're on track for our best November, I think it is, in 32, 32 years. years. Yeah, I had that so there we as go. well. Uh, but of course, it's not the end of the month, so we probably shouldn't be cracking the champagne open just yet. No, and I was reading some analysis that there could be some, you know, some selling, some end of month sort of shenanigans that might take the gloss off. Yeah, the rebalancing yeah. trade because of, uh, of course, a lot of uh, managed funds that are out there you know, have to go and keep their shape, as it's called. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, when equities have had such a boom over the month, uh, they're a little bit more overweight than potentially they're allowed to be. So one to go watch, but I think we're picking it. So no, yeah. things. there's been a very strong month, at least so far. It has been a very strong month. Some put it uh, down to the U.S. election, uh, which the outcome is still unknown. However, Joe Biden is going ahead and making some of his picks. He said he's going to be coming out with more of those around Thanksgiving, which, of course, just have in the back of your mind, it's Thanksgiving weekend. So that means that it's Black Friday, Cyber Monday, shortened trading week. It's going to be a shortened trading week. It's going to be you know, interesting to see how I uh, know what happens, particularly around that Thanksgiving holiday in the United yeah. States. So, uh, I'm looking at the numbers. It's uh, I know that uh, the the deaths uh, are still not at the uh, the, the pre uh, level that we saw in the last wave. But I just wonder, like, no, we're not even in winter yet, uh, and people are traveling. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's unreal. It's recipe for disaster, and I can understand why. No, not only we've got the United States, the uh, the Fed, and the, uh, the Treasury Secretary having a fight, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul. It seems like. When it comes to potential stimulus uh, from one one uh, entity to another, but those near-term headwinds from uh, from COVID just uh, you know truly troubling. Uh, let's hope that things aren't going to be dire over, over uh, you know Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year. But it is going to get a lot colder, and we know that the other uh, virus tends to thrive in that environment. Okay, uh, look before we get too down on COVID, good reason why. You know we have pretty dismal numbers coming out of the UK, although the UK will not be enforcing. Um, you know, strict lockdown or self-quarantining, that 14-day quarantine. It's troubling in itself. Yeah, it's uh, really sort of uncharted territory that we're in right now. Donut days, though, for New South Wales and Victoria. So let's just um, start the positivity there. Also, if I just bring us back to equities, um, Scotty, Fortescue up by 3.5%, BHP up by 2.8% really strong performances in that sector and really strong performance coming through when it comes to the price of iron ore. Yes, it's uh, remarkable. But I found interesting today, The um, so I went and put a 
uh, tweet out and just tried the uh, the increase in uh, Chinese iron ore futures over the weekend on Friday's night session. Like, no, big pop closed at uh, no record highs for the uh, January 2021 contract. Um, and then today, uh, when it opens, that contract started to go and slide, but the market just ignored it. <laughs> the iron ore miners just kept flying higher. So it's a really interesting space. Um, I'm looking at the iron ore price and looking at how far above its marginal production costs are. No, so you're talking about no, probably mid fifties. Um, more experts in the field can go and probably nail it to the actual dollar. But let's put it this way: almost every single iron ore miner out there at the moment is making money, which is unheard of. Uh, lots of demand coming through, but I just wonder whether this uh, might be the last hurrah in this iron ore rally. We're seeing a lot of tailwinds. We saw no uh, no disruptions from uh, Brazil a couple of times. We saw some disruptions here, and you overlay that with some really really strong Chinese uh, demand. But at the yeah, moment, but port inventories are building. Um, you know, it, there are signals that it can't continue at this pace. Yeah, going forward. And I just wonder whether this is like you know, a time that some astute investors might be thinking, well, potentially. We've got the vaccine news. We know there's going to be a lot of infrastructure rolled out around the world, not necessarily just iron ore to go and make steel. So I just wonder whether there may be some better opportunities out there at the moment. Or maybe the iron ore pop that we're seeing today might be that opportunity to go and offload a bit, trim your portfolio and potentially yeah. move into something else. I know that the guys at Sean Partners have been uh, advocating that when it comes to Fortescue as well. Yeah, but I'm, not, I'm not the first to go and uh, talk about this trade. I freely admit that. But uh, I've been surprised at the resilience of it as well. Yeah. But we've got a... What looks like it's going to be a pretty cold winter uh, in China this year, that's going to go and crimp steel demand. We know that it's icy conditions that the, uh, the northern parts of that country makes it very difficult to go and uh, to break ground, to go and build things in that environment. And we know that's already that the iron ore port industries are building. You put that into you know, supply disruptions in Brazil and now pretty much ease and, and back to getting to what sort of levels that we expect. We're seeing Brazilian ore ports starting to go and build. So I'm just wondering now what's actually keeping this iron ore price you know, at these kind of levels. You can see where the other uh, risks are and they are to the downside. Okay, so that uh, that's a good good uh, digestion of the iron ore scenario as it sits right now. Uh, why don't we get to our stock of the day, shall we? Because it was one of the best performers today on the market. Ample, Ample, $300 million share buyback. That doesn't hurt sentiment, you've got to say. So it was the stock of the day. Kashi sat down to discuss with Gaurav Sodi from The Intelligent Investor and Nathan Samasandram from Deep Data Analytics. Uh, let's hear what they had to say af, um, about Ample, ALD is the ticker code. Oh, managed business. Uh, they've okay. got a big big uh, task ahead of them to maintain profitability in the face of what looks to be structural change. But at the right price, there's still Is $30 the right price? Look, this is this is business probably going to be taken over at about $35 or so. Um, so I would suggest there's a pretty good dividends coming out of this. And, and mm. I would say for the conservative investor, yep. um, there is still a buying opportunity here. Okay. For most investors <coughs> who want higher rates of return, right. I think I'd look somewhere else. This has been one of one of the worst stocks that uh, I've loved for a while. Um, it actually comes up really well quantitatively. I, I'm a buyer here. I have right. been, and this is one of our holdings that we like, um, medium to long term. Uh, the dynamics haven't changed, and the other thing to remember is, it doesn't matter what what the oil price is. They just put the margin and then clip yeah. us. Yeah, yeah. So it's one of those things where you get ripped off one way or another. Yeah. So. It's a good way to do it. And the margins have been increasing a bit. The Comsec put out sort of a yeah. weekly report on as they sh as they yeah. shut down their refineries, yes. uh, they are more open to currency, which we cannot work out. So they can yeah. gouge us even more. So it's a great way. Yeah. Okay. So look, I think it's a good buy. And that was Nathan Samasandram, 
finishing off those thoughts on Ample, ring the bell. It's going in the fund. It's going in the fund. I remember back as a kid, uh, we used to have an Ample uh, in my local hood in Linfield where I grew up. And um, I remember the slogan is like, I'm as Australian as Ample. Oh. And I was, I was sort of like, yeah, we never drove there. Never went into a better. <laughs> yeah. Just remind as a kid, you know, hearing the guys talk about it then. Didn't your mum used to buy ice creams or something at the airport? No, we had uh, loyalty to uh, to Mobile, I think it was. <laughs> okay. and, then I, and then I ended up working there for a while going through uni. So uh, <laughs> that brand loyalty, I can tell you, has not extended. Well, I learn a new thing about you every day, don't I? All right, Empel was up by close to 5%. Best performer of the day was Miso Blast, up by close to 18%. So it's got a couple of broker moves after its uh, announcement last week of that tie-up with Novartis, I think it is, and um, also coming through with its results. Now, one of the worst performers, in fact, the worst performer, was IAG. So IAG, um, talking about provisioning uh, with that business interruption, uh, Kate, course Kate, the court, court case that came through last week, and we've got um, you know some brokers uh, really downgrading the company off the back of that, and that includes Macquarie. So that's stock specifics. Actually, in fact, if you want even more stock specifics, check out uh, the interviews that are available via the show notes. We've got Ron Shamgar giving us his top three stock picks for the consumer finance sector. And we had a good conversation earlier today with James McBeath. He's a PM at Paradise Investment Management. And I was a little cheeky. I mean, we talked about big picture. We talked about market direction, um, the rotation, and uh, that we're seeing into some more cyclical areas of the market. But I was cheeky. I said, I sort of made him give me the name of a company that he says they're doing a lot of work on right now. And again, you can access that via the show notes. Um, what else can we talk about, Scuddy? I mean, we've got a whole lot of global PMIs coming through um, tonight. It uh, starts tonight. What do you think we'll be making of it tomorrow? Uh, good question. I suspect that the manufacturing side of the equation will be uh, pretty punchy results and probably going from strength to strength. We know that demand is picking up in a lot of places in the world, uh, even with the, uh, the headwinds of COVID. But I'm more interested in what's going on with the service side of the economy. It employs a lot more people in Europe and the United States. Uh, within that, I'm looking at things like new orders and I'm looking at uh, the employment sub-index as well to go give a bit of clues as to what's going on there. We know that the, uh, the labour market is such a key piece of the uh, puzzle when it comes to the recovery story next year. Okay, um, here we get uh, trade balance released by the ABS. So we start to get some of these GDP partials coming through. You just looked a little excited about that. Talk to me. Oh, Tell me. The, Tell me all about it, the, Scotty. The, 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 tra- <laughs> the trade figures are always great. So we'll get a, a bit of a reader here as to what's likely to be seen when it comes to the uh, the trade uh, no component when it comes to the next GDP report for, uh, for Q3. I, want, I think it's going to be negative reading a lot of the things that mm. I've seen so far, uh, which is a bit of a uh, turn up for the books considering what we've seen in recent years where net trade has delivered really strong growth. Uh, but... Always interested to see what's going on when it comes particularly to the, uh, the bulk commodity prices going through, volumes going through as well. Uh, I know always lots to go and digest then. Of course, we have CapEx figures released later in the week. We give RBA Guy DeBell, the Assistant Governor, speaking tomorrow in a speech entitled Monetary Policy in 2020. They need a headline writer, but that's an aside. And he'll be delivering that speech at the Australian Business Economists webinar. So we'll keep an ear tuned to that. We'll likely bring you there virtually if we're able to. Um, You know, we've had a lot of commentary coming from the RBA, but still, we want to know more about their thinking about monetary policy in 2020. Got a great lineup of guests to continue on from today you know as per usual we'll be speaking with john garrett he's from wallace australia um wallace australia he's the md there so we'll be talking plenty about 
Yeah, the post-election mood on markets and where to from here. We will be speaking with Dr. Chris Hart, who's CEO of Aventus Medical. So it has announced a new partnership to put the company into the U.S. So we like talking to some of those smaller cap names as well here on AusBiz. I know that you guys, a lot of our, our viewers, our listeners, find those really interesting as well. And um, we'll be speaking Can Group. So Can Group recently secured a $50 million loan from the NAB so to power its state-of-the-art medical cannabis factory near Mildura. So we'll find out a little bit about that. You had a good conversation with uh, the ProMedicus CEO today. Uh, what was the sort of takeaway for investors from that one? Uh, that uh, we saw some very positive tailwinds for the company from the coronavirus pandemic this year. Uh, and he's feeling pretty confident that uh, they can continue next year, even though the, uh, the likelihood of a vaccine will be rolled out. So obviously winning a lot of contracts at the moment, focused on the, uh, the university medical center uh, sector as well. But you look at the, uh, know, where the potential is and you talk about you know, changes of behavior moving forward, uh, know, having the ability for radiologists and, uh, and people who look at scans to go and look at things remotely and be able to still do their job. Uh, you can see where potentially there might be some growth opportunities moving forward. Yeah, this company gets a lot of our regular guests uh, excited. The, tick, the, the share price did not do that well today, down by six-tenths of a percent. But if you'd like to listen to that, it's available via the show notes as well. Hey, listen, I think that's a wrap for this Monday afternoon, Scuddy. Nice to see you. As always, we'll uh, do it again tomorrow. Look forward to it. Hi, I'm Dori Shafrier. And I'm Kate Spencer. And we are the hosts of Forever 35. And today we're talking about Club Med, the best all-inclusive getaway for families. Today, Club Med has nearly 70 resorts worldwide, from beachside resorts in the Caribbean and Mexico, to magical locations in the Maldives and Morocco, to ski resorts in the mountains from Canada to the Alps. Between their all-inclusive family programming, wellness offerings, land and water sports, and their French heritage-inspired food and drink offerings, Club Med is the best way to elevate your family getaway, no matter which location you're at. To learn more, visit clubmed.us.